1: Hello friends, welcome to episode 1090 of the Locked on Hawks Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Saturday evening. And thank you as always for making the Locked on Hawks Podcast your first listen each and every day. We're available on all platforms for free, and that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's podcast will focus largely on what became the first win of the preseason for the Hawks, 91-87 in Memphis on Saturday night. But before we get into that, some news to hit on at the top of the podcast, as well as some injury updates and stuff from Friday's practice at the top. So one bit of transactional news actually happened on Thursday afternoon. The Hawks waived A.J. Lawson and signed Daquan Jeffries to a non-guaranteed deal. Jeffries is 24 years old, is a wing. He's been with Sacramento and Houston in the recent past. He's playing his bed ba- He actually plays his best basketball in the NBA in the bubble with the Kings. A guy I liked in the draft a couple years ago. Not a great shooter by any means, but fairly intriguing by uh, non-guaranteed contract standards. But more than anything, this is a move for College Park in the G League. Um, Travis Schlenk, the basketball operations chair for the Hawks, said before training camp actually began, that the plan was to move on from at least one of their exhibit 10 contract guys in the preseason to uh, add some more guys to college park. Basically the exhibit 10 contract is mostly to get extra guys to college park. And once you have a guy on the roster for long enough, you can waive them and also still keep their G League rights, which is what's going to be happening here for AJ Lawson. At least that's the plan. And the Hawks have been carrying in the max of 20 players on their training camp roster, so you can't go over that. So to add anybody else to get them to, G- to the G League, you had to wave somebody, and that sort of opens the door for this. So I don't expect Jeffries um, or Lawson to be on the team this year in terms of the uh, full-fledged team in Atlanta, but an interesting move for the College Park side, and also I think that Jeffries is a reasonable guy to keep an eye on for the long term. Um, elsewhere from before this game started, Friday's practice had some stuff from Nate McMillan that I wanted to pass along to you. There was some talk about conditioning still as, as sort of a focus last week all the time. Um, Kevin Herter, by the way, um, Nate uh, is projected to come off the bench this season. No surprise there. Talks about playing multiple positions and having the potential to handle the ball and initiate the offense, which, by the way, he started at point guard tonight on Saturday, which we'll talk about later on. It's not a surprise at all, but further confirmation. Um, this is something that Cam Reddish was actually talked about. You know, McMillan said that Cam's going to come off the bench this year. This is just further confirmation that the Wings, if everybody is healthy, are Bogdanovich and Hunter as the starters, and that's going to be the case in this spot. Um, McMillan just said that he was praying for health and time on the floor with a team that's actually healthy for the rest of the preseason. That's obviously number one concern. They haven't had the opportunities to play with all of their units together because of uh, health, health concerns, health challenges to this point. Um, on the injury front, uh, Delon Wright and Trey Young, neither one of them did anything live and practice on Friday. They're both listed as doubtful for tonight's game on Saturday, and neither, neither one of those guys actually played. No reason at all to push either of them. It's the preseason. Delon Wright's a veteran. Trey Young is, of course, a franchise player. No reason to put those guys out there. By all accounts, Trey looked fine in warm-ups today. Just kind of getting shots up, and I think he'll be uh, on track to play when the games actually matter. But no reason to push those guys, and I like that decision. Um, nothing live from Hunter or Herder on Friday either. Uh, Her ended up playing tonight. On Saturday, Hunter did not, despite being listed as questionable. uh, McMillan did say that it was precautionary in nature that he did not play and practice on Friday, but he did report that actually Hunter had some soreness in the knee. That's all I know right now at this point in time. That's not great for Hunter, given that knee's been giving him trouble for quite some time now, but we'll know more as this week continues. The Hawks don't play again until Thursday, so some time in between uh, to get some updates and practice stuff. Also, there is no timeline right now officially on Clint Capella's return, according to McMillan. He does not anticipate him being ready for the preseason at all. So there was a thought that Clint might be able to play at some point um, in the finale, but that's not going to happen according to what Nate was talking about. Um, At this point, I'm kind of assuming that Clint might miss some time in the regular season. They've not said that flat out, but because he's not done really anything, according to McMillan, with the team in terms of live actual contact. He's been around, but not playing in the live portion of practice. That means, uh, you know, the Hawks open up in less than two weeks. It would kind of surprise me at this point if he was able to play at least with any, like, full go at the outset, but I, that's, something, that's something we'll keep an eye on in the coming days. Also, last thing on this on tonight's game, is not actually in the game, but just pre, pre-game stuff. Uh, the starters for this game were Kevin Herter at the point, Bogdanovich, Solomon Hill, John Collins, and Corgi J. People were asking me about that, why they wanted to try that with Kevin Herter at the point instead of, like, starting Sharif Cooper or Lou Williams. Um they could have started Sharif obviously I think um, particularly with the fact that Solomon Hill started and with the fact that Herder played the one it's about roles um, Nate McMillan is big into keeping guys in their roles for example um, he's talked about Cam Reddish playing in every preseason game but also he's going to be a bench player this year for the most part at the beginning of the season. So maybe we want to keep him there instead of uh, instead of solo. I think that he will obviously play more than Solomon Hill when the lights come on, but obviously want we'll to keep him in that role, at least according to what McMillan wants, wants to do. And same thing with guys like Lou Williams and even Sharif, is that maybe you don't want to start those guys, and Lou's kind of used to his role at this point in time, but no reason to shake that up. And maybe also it's just some um, opportunities to expose Kevin Hurd to having the ball in his hands more often. It didn't really bother me too, too much, but I know that was some question that I was getting throughout, like, why they didn't just start Sharif, and, you know, Nate didn't just expressly say that, but uh, at the end of the day, Sharif played well at the end, and we'll talk about that as we get into the game in a second. But before we get to the game stuff on today's podcast and the rest of what's transpired between Friday and Saturday, a word from our podcast sponsors today, and the first of which is Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week, and it made no sense at all and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's called Game Pick. It's only available on Sleeper. In game pick, owners pick a single game per week for each star to count for the team's total score, ensuring that an even number of games are played between opponents. The days of losing, because your opponent's players had more scheduled games that week are over, and so is the fact that that you have mindless daily busy work in the previous environment, and if you're giving up half of the season because of that busy work, those days are also over. In Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on all kinds of factors from player matchups to home versus away, opponent's defensive rankings, pace of play, and much more. And all of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty Leagues, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. If you can download the Sleeper app right now and start a league with your friends today, you will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind game pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. Check it out and download the Sleeper app today. All right, let us dive into what transpired on Saturday between the Hawks and the Grizzlies in Memphis. And as I said a few times already the last couple weeks. This is an exhibition game. I'm not going to go quite as crazy and deep as I normally would on this kind of follow-up podcast, but still planning to get into on the show. Um, this game started with a very strange tip-off. It actually got rico- ricocheted around to uh, the Grizzlies center, Xavier Tillman, who finished a layup in transition. Very strange play. Um, it started working out with um, Herter on the ball at the outset of this game. They went to Collins in the post a few times early on in this game, and also with a habit to Glenn Willis of Beastry Hoops, who pointed this out before I did even, um, Collins was able to get to his left hand his left shoulder um, a few different times in the post and that's sort of death for defense if he's able to turn over that shoulder and use that little jump hook that he has or that turnaround jump shot it's, uh, it's money for John um, there was a nice drop off pass from Bodanovich to Gorky Jang in the early going the Hawks though had some turnover issues throughout this contest they had 5 in the first 8 minutes that's a lot of turnovers and Memphis was playing very fast and um, jacking up a lot of shots the Hawks managed to slow it down as the game went along but offense was not exactly at a uh, at a firing pace in this game on either side for the entire contest. Um, rotationally, they went to Delo Gallinari and Cam Brash as the first two subs. No surprise there. Those guys are key reserves for, for the Hawks. They came in for Jang and Solomon Hill. They brought in Lou Williams from there, and I was actually not sure that Lou was going to play. Uh, Lou was not on the injury report in the last game in Atlanta and ended up not playing. Obviously, he's a veteran. has winning a whole lot of seasoning, but he ended up playing a decent amount in this contest. Then they brought in Sharif and Jalen, the two rookies. Um, Actually played Sharif Cooper with Lou Williams for a while, which is kind of funny. That's not a a matchup that I would love necessarily in a a normal setting, but no harm done in the preseason. Um, Gallinari had a nice uh, sort of, I I would say, the first bucket of the game that I can remember from the Hawks, outside of the painted area, was the Gallinari jump shot with like 10 minutes into the game. So it was not, not exactly pretty on the outside. Um... Lulo had a nice little stretch where he looked pretty crisp offensively. Gallinari actually got pretty much denied by Eve Pons of the Grizzlies at the rim, which is kind of a funny moment. A reminder that Gallinari is not exactly the most springy guy at this point in his career. But the Hawks were down 22-21 at the end of the first quarter with six turnovers. Memphis shot the ball very poorly to give the Hawks a decent chance. I thought Atlanta's defense was, defense was actually credible in the first quarter or so. Really for the whole game, wasn't too bad. But Memphis definitely played into it with some flubs of their own. In the second quarter, the Hawks missed a bunch of makeable shots early on in the quarter. Um, Reddish had one early on the fast break that was kind of an f- awesome outlet pass from Jalen Johnson that Camp just missed their reverse layup on. Uh, but that, that, he, was, he was not alone by any means. The Hawks had a bunch of like bunny-like shots that they missed. Memphis took 17 threes in the first 15 minutes of this game. The Hawks only had three, which is a, a pretty big disparity. I'm not the biggest... Take all the threes all the time guy, but I definitely like threes. I think they're probably good to take more than less with this Hawks roster. Memphis was, was taking a ton of threes in the first half of this contest. Um, I thought Shrew Cooper played good defense, and McMillan talked about him later on. I'll play some audio for you from Nate McMillan on Sharif, but I thought in the first half he brought some energy defensively, which is good to see from him. Obviously not going to be a huge part of his overall offering, but if, if Cooper is competitive and just kind of pesky defensively, that's that's all he needs to be, and I thought he's been basically doing that the entire um, exhibition schedule so far. It's a good sign for him in the early going. Um, other than that, though, the Hawks' offense was pretty bad in the first half. Ten turnovers, they shot 3rd percent from the floor and two of eight from three. Um, Herder had some issues as the primary. Um, Gallinari and Redshipper combined two of ten off the bench. Just some rough stuff out there. Memphis, was, Memphis though, was three of 25 from three in the first half. But they also actually had more points in the paint than the Hawks did. Kind of a strange thing because the Hawks had free throws and the mid-range game went in their direction. Um, The second quarter, though, had 34 combined points, which tells you all you need to know about the quality. There were many jokes being thrown around um, about how bad the play was, and I couldn't refute any of that. It was pretty ugly in the first half. But fortunately, there was more to get into. And uh, I thought it was more interesting after the halftime break. So we'll get into that in a second. But first, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes right now are on the gridiron with football teams across the country back on the field to start another season. And as always, BetOnline is the number one spot for all the professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website right now or use mobile device sign today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double, yes double, your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That is promo code NFL100 to have that double your initial deposit. For football, basketball, boxing, and all of your favorite casino games, as well as golf, tennis, baseball, MMA, etc. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for you right now and throughout the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also sponsored by Bilt Bar. With Bilt Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Bilt Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange... German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good, and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Bilt Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty, and Bilt Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're 15% off your order with Bilt Bar. Use the promo code ON, 15% off at built.com. Alright, and we'll get out of here with the second half action and a quick write-up of what transpired at the end. Um, during halftime, the Hawks announced that Gorgie Jang, the starting center in this game, left the game and was going to be gone for the rest of the evening with a right hand sprain. Tough to tell how serious that is at this point in time for Gorgie. Obviously, the Hawks have been without Clint Capella and Ony- Onyeka the entire preseason, and Jang is not like a great starter or anything like that, but he is a solid Rotational big man, if he's out for any length of time, the Hawks would be very short-handed. They do have other options with, with um, John Collins, of course, and Gallinari, and even guys like Jalil Okafor if they had to for the preseason. But they do, they do need Jang to uh, be around, so that's something to keep an eye on in the next couple of days. Also, Jalil Okafor started in his place and had not played in about a game and a half for the Hawks, so that was uh, interesting to me. Um, the Hawks looked pretty awful, though, at the early part of the third quarter. They went down by 8 as a result of that, and they had their best run of the night, um, with the starters anyway. Um, they actually had back-to-back dunks where they lobbed to Collins and then run out for Her- Kevin Herter in transition. They gave up a 3 from there, but then they actually hit 4 consecutive 3s with Bogdanovich, Herder, and then Collins, then a timeout, and then Bogdanovich again. I think they played pretty hard in that stretch, but also just made shots, which is uh, always helpful. Um, late in the third quarter, they actually went to Collins and Gallinari playing together um, in place of Okafor in that center lineup. Then they actually went to Jalen Johnson and Gallinari for a little while down the stretch of the third quarter. They tied the game at the end of the third, um, despite both teams shooting the ball poorly. It's kind of a back-and-forth kind of thing there. In the fourth quarter, though, there was more intensity. It was a lot more of the bench and, like, the third-string kind of guys that were out there, but still a lot of talent for the Hawks. Um, Sharif Cooper was the biggest story of the fourth quarter by a lot. Um, He he actually had a nice step-back three early in the quarter to uh, key some of the scoring. Um, they brought in TLC for the first time. He actually played pretty decently, I thought, defensively in particular. And they played Mays as well. But they basically closed the game with Sharif Cooper, Skylar Mays, TLC, Jalen Johnson, and Jalo Okafor, um, at times anyway. Uh, Sharif had a couple of nice drives and finishes. He had The second one was a pretty nice drop-off to give the uh, the Hawks the lead, um, a nice little finish from him. And then he had a nice pass to Jalo Okafor to cut a 16-2 run, and then another three later on. So uh, it was 10 points in the fourth for Sharif. He was in total control of the offense, Pesky defense and all that stuff too. He was definitely the biggest story, and the Hawks turned a deficit into an advantage. And clearly, Memphis was not like going all out like fouling down the stretch to like like pull on the game as you might in regular season. But still, the Hawks just kind of played better than they did down the stretch. And Cooper was the biggest reason for that. So. Before we get into some like takeaways, I do want to play some audio for you. Probably the only thing I'll play for you on the podcast today is McMillan talking about Shreve Cooper. It was kind of the topic of conversation at the end. Obviously, a preseason game, not a whole lot of like, sweeping takeaways, but I thought Shreve was very good once again, and uh, so did Nate. So here's what he had to say about his young point guard.
0: I thought he did it again. You know, uh, I loved his pressure uh, when he came into the game. I thought he changed the tempo again uh, tonight starting in the first half. Uh, picking up the ball and really establishing our defense, getting aggressive uh, defensively Uh, the second half, you know, he did the same thing, but I thought he did a good job of uh, organizing the team and running the team uh, down the stretch. Uh, He made some, uh, you know, some, some big plays and uh, good decisions uh, with the basketball uh, in that fourth quarter. And, you know, he was really the difference, uh, you know, in, in, in this game. I, I love, uh, you, you know the the energy that he's bringing uh you know he's scrapping he you know he's playing scrappy basketball out there uh you know uh and you know he's trying to make a statement you know he, he's stepping up and he's not pacing himself uh, i love the en- energy that he's bringing
1: so yeah obviously some positivity from nate on sharif and with good reason i thought he played very well again I don't want to overstate it either. I mean, I, I've already seen Hawks fans like calling for him to be the backup ahead of Delon Wright and Lou Williams. I wouldn't co- quite go that far, but I think Sharif is a fantastic talent and someone that I'm excited to be in the pipeline for the Hawks. And uh, he played very well in this game and finished up with 10 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals. Um, only, two, two, only two turnovers, had, was actually plus seven in the game and efficient as well. So he played very well in this game and lots of good signs for Sharif. I thought Skylar Mays played well in, in a short period of time, five points in six minutes. Um, had an assist and a steal as well. Uh, Lou Williams looked crisp with 8 points in 17 minutes. Had 3 uh, rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal in his own right. Um, elsewhere, let's see what happened. Uh, J- Jalen Johnson was pretty quiet. Did not score 16 minutes. I thought he was okay. Had some nice flashes. Had, actually had a block shot, but wasn't fantastic by his standards. Um, Gallinari, you know, very on brand in some respects. That's the line 6 times, most on the team. 11 points, uh, 10 rebounds. But also was only 2-7 from the floor. And defensively, is not giving the biggest effort right now in the world. I know Glenn Willis made a joke about it as well. Like, not changing ends a whole lot um, at this point for um, Gallo. But he's just running into form. No issues there. And last guy on the bench, Cam uh struggled, I thought, offensively. Um, not only just the shots. Like, he was 3 3 from the floor and 2 of 9 from 3. It was the shot quality. Um, in some ways, similar to the other night where in the first half, he took a bunch of bad shots. Second half, a little bit better in terms of the shot selection. Um, tonight it was more of the first half, um, taking a, a bunch of bad shots and, uh, he actually made his last shot and it was beautiful. Like it was a catch and shoot on the left wing, um, in rhythm, just an open, good look. But before that he had taken a couple of step backs and, um, it's, I get it more when he's hot and when he's not hot and still doing that is kind of the frustration part. So I still think that his shot diet from the preseason has not been great. If you want to be optimistic, you would say that it's preseason and you want to just kind of do your thing, and I, I totally get that. But I do think when the lights come on, you don't want Cam taking a bunch of like whirling fadeaways, step backs, a lot that kind of stuff. So that's something to watch. Defensively, he had some flash plays, as he always does. Had a nice steal, was active and all that stuff, but I thought he was pretty poor offensively in this contest. Um, starting lineup-wise, Solomon Hill was in pretty much a zero offensively. He did have three assists, which is good, good to see, but um, was not getting guarded a whole lot. Um, offensively in this game. Uh, Gorgie Jang, only a half of play, but four points for rebound. I thought he was totally fine. Um, Bogdanovich was aggressive with a shot, 4-6 from three. Took 13 shots, 26 minutes, 16 points to lead the team. I thought he played pretty well. Had five assists. Played, uh, you know, two-way stuff as well. Herter was better in the second half than the first. Had four turnovers, um, three of which I think were in the first half. Had four assists as well. Not his best showing on the ball, but had some nice moments later on. Um... And then finally, John Collins just looks like he's ready to go. 16 points, 12 rebounds. He was very active. Uh, If anything, I always worry about him getting hurt in the the preseason because he's he's playing so hard and flying around. But I thought John looked good and uh, played very well in this spot. So nothing egregious, you know, as a team. If you want to go takeaways from that, the Hawks offensively were very bad. A sub-90 offensive rating in this game despite 12-30 from three. So they actually shot 40% on threes and still managed to have a bad offense because they turned the ball over 17 times and shot poorly from two. And uh, not a ton of free throws. Uh, they had more more than Memphis. Memphis shot 22% from three on almost 50 attempts. But the Grizzlies took fifth, sorry 16 more shots than the Hawks did and still lost because they just shot the ball so poorly. So not a whole lot to... Uh, Right home about in terms of the overall stats and overall performances, but I thought they were competitive defensively in this game, the Hawks were, and also offensively um, made the plays when they needed to with Sharif in the fourth quarter to get the win. And, you know, obviously it doesn't matter a whole lot if you win games, but once the game is happening, guys want to win and you're trying to win, and they were able to go out and uh, do that at the end. So um, from here, the Hawks actually have a pretty long break uh, before a pretty long break. So they have their next game in the preseason is actually their last game, And it's going to be Thursday at home against Miami. So, as I record, it's Saturday night into Sunday. So, they'll have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to be off slash practice. So, four full days to get ready for their last um, exhibition contest at home. And then after that, they'll have a full week because they don't open up until the following week. So, essentially, the Hawks have one game in the next 11 or 12 days. That's all... Nice little break, but at the same time, Miller's not going to give them a break. He's going to be trying to get them in shape. Um, there'll be some conditioning stuff, I'm sure, and they'll kind of just be tuning up injuries. You want to obviously get Trey Young where he's ready to play and DeAndre Hunter. See what happens with click with, with, with Capella and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah it'll be busy but also not in the coming days so only one game this this week and then uh, the season begins the following week still we'll be all over on the podcast I'll have some guests lined up to join the show in the next week and a half two weeks between these uh, you know this time without games but lots to get into and I'm excited about the season starting we're less than two weeks away from actual games that matter and we're counting down the days on this show so please subscribe to the podcast please tell a friend about the show or maybe tell two friends or three friends or your family Anybody that likes the podcast. Uh, anybody that likes podcasts at all, or Hawks podcasts or just the Hawks in general. Share the podcast with them. Hopefully, they'll get to uh, know the pod and join this uh, fellowship of people that enjoy the Atlanta Hawks. So there you go. On that, right, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.